Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Magic Podcast, a podcast about EDH and more from Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Gio, and before we start this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who listened to the first episode. I really wanted to take a chance on this podcast experience. Um, I have sort of been in love with Magic the Gathering since the start of this year. It, it, it was a hobby turned into a passion that I've had so much fun uh, partaking in and learning about and uh, keeping track with. Um, so being able to talk about it on a platform like this is really great. I have been inspired by my friend Guy, who is one of the hosts of the Wizard Staff podcast, another EDH podcast, which you can find on sources like Spotify. And that being said, Guy, if you're listening to this episode, thank you so much for your inspiration. Thank you for listening to the first episode. Thank you for shouting me out. Really appreciate it. I love you and I hope that you are having a great time and everything's going well for you. And guys, get this, new mic quality, right? I know that in the first episode, it was a little dicey with um, my headset mic. Uh, Luckily, I found this mic lying around that is better quality. And this is going to be the quality that you guys are going to be getting from now on. So, um, you know, moving forward, making some upgrades and, uh, you know, we'll get there. So uh, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode which is going to be me talking about my beginner experience into Magic the Gathering and EDH, some things that worked well for me, what my playgroup did for me, and uh, maybe what may work well for some others, right? I'm sure that a lot of you have had similar experiences, or maybe you have people that you want to get into the game, or certain formats like Commander and EDH, and you you know, want to have them avoid a lot of the trivialties or, or trials and tribulations of being a new player, right? So hopefully this helps or, you know, maybe just makes you reminisce on some of your experiences, right? So to start off with my experience, I started playing Magic back in January. Back when the, wor- back when the world was, uh, let's say, relatively normal, right? Before the COVID-19 explosion, right? So one of my close friends, who I might have on the show in some future episode said that a spot was freed up in their, you know, quote, commander play group for Magic the Gathering and asked if I wanted to join them as part of their weekly magic group. You know, I, I was totally unsure because I had no idea what Magic the Gathering really was beyond. I literally knew nothing about it beyond the fact that there was that one guy who went around to uh, cons you know, doing the prayer hands to people's butt cracks, right? Um, that's the only, literally the only thing I knew about the game. Nothing about the creatures, nothing about the way it works, none of that stuff. But nevertheless, my friend invited me to play. So I was really appreciative of that. At the time, I didn't really have much going on um, hobby-wise. So I took a chance on it, you know? And to prepare, he directed me to Magic the Gathering the Arena which I'm sure a lot of you probably have already, you know, taken some time to play and and uh, mess around with that, right? So on Magic, the Gathering, on Magic the Gathering Arena, of course, there is no Commander format game mode. There is just Standard and Modern and, you know, whatever else they got on a Brawl sometimes, you know. So through Magic the Gathering the Arena, I learned a lot about just the fundamentals of Magic, you know, lands, tapping lands, certain keywords, um, 
when to cast certain spells, stuff like that, right? And that was very helpful in itself, but, you know, it didn't really teach you anything about EDH, which probably was the biggest problem that I suffered when I started out. So, when I showed up to that first magic session, the fact that I had to keep up with three other people's boards instead of just mine and one of the persons really took me for a bit of a ride that night. I was extremely lost throughout the whole game. I had no idea what was going on, no matter how much they tried to explain anything. And uh, needless to say, of course, I didn't win anything that night. I didn't win any games. Um, I mean, it's my first experience, right? So that's kind of to be expected. I showed up with a pre-con from Target that I picked up. It was one of the 2019 commanders, which had Atla Palani in them. And I ended up using Atla Palani as my commander that night. And I used her plenty and plenty of other times afterwards because it's my first deck, you know. Uh, I will say that pre-con decks are definitely a fantastic outlet for new players, you know. It's, it feels like they're getting a little bit better and better and they're having a little bit better quality cards. Let's take, say, um, the Commander 2020 uh, pre-cons that came out. Or like the Ikoria Commander 2020 presets. Like that one that has a Fierce Guardianship. You know that like $32 card, right? That you can counter a spell for free if you own your commander, right? A non-creature spell. Cards like that are fantastic. So it seems like they're definitely upgrading the pre-cons little by little. With better quality cards than what they had before. Because, uh, you know, I must say. In that Atla Palani. Or not, it, it wasn't a deck built for Atla Palani. But in that deck that she came in. The cards were just okay, you know? But um, back on track, pre-cons are a great tool for new players. And I know that they have been a little bit uh, controversial because some of them come out and they're a bit of a swing and a miss, right? Or have came out and have been a bit of a swing of a miss. A swing and a miss, sorry. Um, but when we look at the way it's changing, to be a little more themed, right? So what we used to have was uh, there'd be four or, or you know five, as they did with with the 2020 commanders, four or five pre-con decks that would come out yearly um, with various themes that they've incorporated or, or you know, whatever it may be. And now we have a set number of pre-cons that come out with every set that'll come out throughout the year. So that means about, you know, four sets of pre-con decks per year fantastic that means that they'll always be evolving um they'll always be yeah, i don't know well not, i wouldn't say always but there will likely be new mechanics or returning mechanics for players to experience and it will really diversify the gameplay of these new players as well as you know maybe even any of our experienced players that we have playing the game i'd, I'd still consider buying any of these pre-con decks because some of them do have some pretty interesting cards that I could find useful, you know? Um, but yeah, so that one night, the, for the first night, I definitely think if I had been told a little more about the Commander format beforehand, that I would have been a little more prepared and everything would have gone a little smoother. So I'd say, you know, um, to avoid my experience being replicated by somebody else, uh, we should definitely take a little bit of an effort to sort of school 
these upcoming players on what it means to play the commander format you know what is commander tax um you know what is the, the turn priority uh to respond and stuff like that like it really just diving deep in and explaining that explaining uh properly what color identities are stuff like that right of course you know a lot of the other stuff about the game such as a lot of the the so so many mechanics and and keywords can come along with experience right whenever cards pop up but these sort of general uh outlines for the game really need to be explained beforehand uh you know i kind of went in blind and it backfired on me a little bit that first night but as as i went along i sort of picked it up and and it started going a little bit well right so i'd say for me personally it took me maybe at least a full month to really get a grasp on what it meant to play edh and what it meant to play magic in in such a casual way while also trying to be competitive it's kind of weird to to say out loud but some of you will get what i'm trying to say right um but you know at the time we were meeting weekly and then COVID hit and we started doing way less we started doing a little bit of an online play and stuff but i'd say definitely that consistency and gameplay really helped so for any new players out there if you are listening to this um you know if you do see potential in the first couple sessions that you play definitely take time to you know play with a singular person to practice or um you know play with whoever if it, you know, i don't know if you might live with someone that plays as well you know play with them um there are also many different sources online well i wouldn't say many but a couple of different sources online that you can uh experience with or have ex- get experience with such as untapped.in which is a an online uh, platform that has a most of the database of magic the gathering cards it does get updated a lot with some of the new cards from some of the newer sets and you can play the commander format on there it was a little more optimized before they have done a little bit of tweaking to be able to support mobile which kind of messed up a couple of things but i'd still say regardless it is a very very useful tool in testing out decks um or you know at a simplest form just practicing you can even practice with a mirrored bot if you want to just practice like the flow of your deck you know what you would draw um, what moves you'd make stuff like that uh, and it's definitely a very useful tool there's also you know websites like spell table which will allow you to play through webcam with a set group of people so that's also an option right um, definitely take the time to research you know uh, look up card combos look through sources such as the command zone um, commander's quarters for like deck text card interactions uh, watch gameplay tape I know it's kind of weird to to think about that right because when you think about watching over over gameplay tapes that's kind of like sports stuff right when you're on a sports team you gotta watch tape of of how some team played to see how you're going to face up against them but in this case you're watching to see how someone else pilots a deck to sort of see what works and what doesn't work and also get some ideas and get a better understanding of how some cards interact with each other and how you can play some cards right so definitely reach out to the media side of magic the gathering and uh 
you know, I wouldn't say dive too deep down the rabbit hole because they can get very deep, I promise you. But, you know, dip your toes in the water, right? The more experience that you get under your belt, whether it be your own or learning through other people's experience, the better. Uh, the sky's the limit, you know. I'd say every single time I play Magic, I learn something new. Every single time that I watch one of these command court, one of these command zone videos of their gameplay, I learn something new. Um, and the more knowledge you have, the better, you know. So I think that one of the biggest challenges that I had in my early stages of learning was definitely learning keywords player interactions and card interactions you know my friends like to joke around and say that you have to be an English major to be able to play Magic the Gathering because some of these cards you really have to take so literal and you have to reread it like three times to be able to understand how one card interacts with another um, there have been plenty of those moments when you kind of hear about a card when somebody reads it out loud and you're like huh huh and then somebody responds, and then it just leads to three more huns, right? Three more sets of confusion. So that can be very, very confusing for new players. So it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of the responsibility of the rest of the play group who's more experienced to do an adequate job of explaining this stuff to the new players. Uh, my play group was very, very patient with me. Whenever something I didn't understand came out, I would always ask about it and they would always take t however much time they needed to explain it to me so we can move on with the game, but also make sure that I understood it. And that is a great quality to have in a play group. And I know most of you experienced players probably are very willing to do that, you know, and that's great because that's what we really need as a community to be able to help each other and, and, and explain. That's really what, what sort of bonds us, you know, uh, sure, at, sure it's the cards, but um, the fact that, that we're so willing to help each other um, is very unifying. And that's all the more welcoming for new players, right? Because when you're diving into something as deep as Magic the Gathering, you know, this, this, this it looks like a lake on the, on the surface. And then you dive in and it's like a deep, deep sea. And it's just so crazy to, to, to take a dive into, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, my play group was was very patient like I said I struggled with the keywords the interactions card interactions and they took time to to explain them when I would make a mistake they would also take time to go back and let me redo it you know eventually that stopped because you know I won a game and then from that point on it was kind of like I'm on my own right but in those early stages it was super duper helpful and I have gotten a couple other friends into playing Magic the Gathering and I like to be to try to be the same way you know um, I can't even tell you how long it took me to remember what Vigilance did. It took me incredibly long, you know, even though to most of us it seemed like the simplest thing. I, I really didn't understand. Hexproof too. Gosh, so, so hard to, to commit that to memory. Shroud even worse, right? The difference between Hexproof and Shroud was, was just awful for me. So, you know, I'd say what we can do to circumvent this i wouldn't say lay out a whole chart for people on this stuff but maybe give them a little little bit of a cheat sheet that they can study too if they want to get some practice on and and or look at cards um and really try to develop their understanding of the game and the cards right so now um let's move on to sort of a bit of a message 
offer new players to the format and the game, right? So if you got a friend that is just starting out Magic the Gathering, um, this would be around the timestamp to send them to. Uh, around 16 minutes. So here we go. Welcome new player to Magic the Gathering and EDH. You've just stepped into one of the most confusing games and also the most rewarding games in the world. Don't freak out, don't be overwhelmed, and don't panic. Here are some tips for your journey. Number one, be patient with yourself. There's so, so much to learn. And while you may want to learn it all at once, it takes an incredible amount of time, more than you think. I've been playing for almost a year and I'm still learning all the time, right? Um, by all means, search up content related to Magic the Gathering. Look up all the rules you want. I wouldn't say 100% of the rules because that's impossible, but anything that you think will help you, right? Um, putting it all into play and really trying to understand it is a steep hill to climb, but don't worry, you'll get there. Number two, if you decide to buy cards, don't fall for the booster box trap. While it may seem sweet, you will only end up with a bunch of duplicate cards that you will rarely ever see yourself using. I did it myself. I have a couple hundred cards that just sit there. They're little standard cards. If you are going to be playing Commander, hopefully people have told you that there is a single card rule. There can only be single a single iteration of each card in that deck other than basic lands. So, you know, getting booster boxes is really inefficient. Unless you really want to take that gamble and try to look for rares and mythic rares, and by all means, you know. But when people tell you to just skip that and buy singles, listen to them. I did not listen and wasted a bit of money, you know, and I have a ton of cards to show that I did so. So, you know, there's better ways to get around stuff like this. Number three, as I said earlier in this episode, watch content creators like the Commander's Quarters, the Command Zone, or even like Telerian Community College. Sources like these often have deck builds, actual gameplay films, or guides to deck building and plays. Some videos are longer than others, of course, but they're so valuable. Use all these tools to your advantage. Number four, you're definitely going to take a lot of losses in your early experience playing the game, and that's okay. You know, the rest of your group has so might have so much more experience than you, and you just have to deal with that for a while. You know, but you'll get there. Each loss will teach you a new lesson about how to play to win, and eventually, you know, hopefully you can switch over to the winning side. So have faith and hold out. Number five, finally, have fun. The beauty of Commander is it's a format that's built for a lot of interactions, laughs, salt between players, and memories. It really is what you make out of it. So do your best to make the most. Now guys, we're going to be getting into the end of this episode. I know that these episodes have been a little short, probably around 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, this will be the standard for most of these small episodes that I do solo. I'm sure that once I have guests on the show or get into a little more content heavy topics such as new cards, new sets, etc there'll be a little more content heavy and maybe we'll average around 30 to 35 minutes we'll have to see but um, as it stands we'll just keep continuing like this i'm going to be trying to push them out once a week 
Uh, I'm sure it'll get a little bit weird around holiday season like this, but I'll do my best to, to keep up to date. So, speaking of holiday seasons, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. Uh, as time At the time of recording this, I'm a couple days short of Thanksgiving. But if you are listening to this around Thanksgiving, um, please, please, please be safe. Wear your masks. If you do have to go out to be around people, we are still in a pandemic. So, by all means, wash your hands all the time. Stay keeping that hand sanitizer on deck and just stay as safe as possible. Hope you guys take as much care of yourselves as you can, and of course, enjoy Thanksgiving to the best of your ability. I know it's a little weird this year, but we gotta do our best, right? Which we should also be doing when playing EDH. Again, like I mentioned earlier guys, there are websites like Spelltable where you can play through webcams, or untap.in, which I use all the time, to play virtual EDH without cameras. These can be great tools for not only practice, but also um, maintaining your play groups throughout the pandemic and playing with people all around the world and at the time at this time you know of course playing EDH in its most safest way possible right so um, that'll uh, just about wrap us up for this week's episode I hope you all join me back ar- around next Tuesday through Thursday um, that's gonna be my window of uploading where we'll be talking a bit about grief and spite plays in EDH which, uh, you know, I seem to have a bit of experience with dealing with. (laughs) The Mindful Magic Podcast is now available on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. And as always, you can reach me on Twitter at at MindfulMagicEDH if you want to chat about any of the episodes or anything else magic-related. You know, there's always stuff coming out all the time, always conversations coming around the MTG Twitter So I'm always down for conversation. This episode's music is once again provided by True Blue Drew. You can check him out at soundcloud.com slash truebluedrew. That's soundcloud.com slash T-R-U-E-B-L-U-E-D-R-E-W. I hope that you all stay safe and healthy. Have a great Thanksgiving and I'll catch you next week.